0: Does everything have a bright side to it? Of course. It doesn't always outweigh the negatives, but everything has a bright side to it. This makes happiness a choice. And here we say that the discipline of being happy is the ultimate discipline. With that said, welcome to the Ultimate Discipline Podcast, where we meet with people who are practitioners of this exact discipline, and we hear their cool stories of cultivating happiness through challenges in their life. I am your host, Sean Greenspan. Let's get to it. Yo, what is up, everybody? I am stoked to have Michael on the podcast today. Um, I got introduced by Michael from some mutual friends. Um, We also get to work together, which already made us uh, closer because, Michael, I don't know if you know this, my definition of a friend is someone that you've been in multiple arenas of life with, right? It's like, I look at my brother, I'm like, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten hammered with my brother. I've worked out with my brother. I've cried with my brother. I'm like, that's my, you know, that's my dude. Right. And the fact that we've had a chance to have chats like this work together, you know, work out together, do breath work at running man. Like, you know, I, I like the the dynamic of the relationship. Um, Michael owns a company called Creatures of Habit, which Already, I mean, just in the title, you guys know aligns with the happiness discipline, and this one's been on the books for a while. I've been looking forward to this, so Mike, I, I'm so happy to have you, and I'd love for you to share a little bit about your backstory.
1: Yeah, man, I'm stoked to be on here as well. Thanks so much for having me, Sean. We have definitely, uh, and and most recently we've had we've had a couple of <laughs> of, uh, of of uh, days where I got. Super vulnerable, and had one of the most unbelievable experiences like I've had to date with with the breath work that you and I both did together down at Running Man, um, which which I'm eternally grateful for, and I can't wait to to link up with with Gazo to continue that um, that that journey. But uh, yeah, I grew up in New York City. I'm a New York City um, dude. I hold on one second feel like I hear my kids. Oh gosh, they're right outside. All right. I hope they don't bust in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I grew up in New York City and I'm an entrepreneur. I, I, uh, I've I been thinking entrepreneurially as for as long as I can remember. I was selling my toys in front of my apartment building on 87th Street between 1st and 2nd Avenue from like five years old till I was eight. I would beg my sister and then as soon as, you know, as soon as I was able to go walk dogs, I was walking dogs and from eight to 12, I had a dog walking business or eight to 11, I had a dog walking business where I was walking 30 to 40 dogs a day after school. <laughs> I was a like obsessed card collector, comic book collector, trader. You know, I, I just, I've always thought about how can I make, do, create and connect with humans at scale. And I didn't put that together until obviously later on in my life yeah. that that was what I was doing. But that was what I was doing. You know, the, the, I think if I had to describe myself as a, as a, as a person, what motivates me most is human beings connecting with human beings. Yeah. I really believe that that is what excites me most about life. Hmm. And then behind that, I'm just a hunter. I'm a hunter at it at, at my core. I, I love lifting up rocks. I, I'm a discovery junkie. I just want to know shit. I want to find out cool things want I want to figure things out. I love taking a risk and I think that's what makes me a great entrepreneur, quite frankly. I'm also a father and a husband and those are the two things that I cherish most about life that yeah. I have now figured out a balance between my business life, which I had a hard time balancing for a while, for a while, it was like, really challenging to figure out that balance because I just I want I want I wanted to and I want to be successful in everything I do. And now my 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 definition of success success is definitely different than what it was when I was 28 when I started my first company. But I still want to be successful however today i know that there is a balance and i think the happiness discipline is a great sort of foundation for this balance that i've created now it's four twenty-five in the afternoon eastern standard time in new york in one hour from now an hour and five minutes i will be done with work for the day i will close my computer i will take my phone and put it into airplane mode and i will not look at my computer for the rest of the night and I will only turn my phone back on to airplane mode at 8.30, from 8.30 to 9.30, basically. If I and, and that's just to see if there's anything that it's dire, that's a dire need for me to address. But that is a boundary, a hard and fast boundary that has given me this happiness component. Where I am, yes, the, the CEO and founder of the company that I founded and run, but the company does not own me. It doesn't. I own it and it took me a long time to figure that out. So anyway, back to my story, I you know, I grew up in New York City. I worked in restaurants. I got a job in a restaurant when I was 12 years old. I fell in love with the restaurant business because I was able to really connect with a lot of people. And I worked in the back of the house and then I worked in the front of the house. I basically worked every position in a restaurant. And then when I was 28 years old, I decided that, you know, I put in enough time. I put in 15 years of battle. I had gone to culinary school, I got a degree in in culinary arts and restaurant management. And I said, that's this is it. Like, what am I going to do? I I love this industry. I love the business. I'm really good at it. I'm going to go and open up my own restaurant. And sure enough, you know, I was able to figure out how to do it. And you know, I, I, right before we hopped on this podcast, you had said, you talked about the law of attraction. Hmm. And the law of attraction is a massive part of my life. I didn't really talk, I didn't really comment on what you were saying when we were talking about it, because I was gonna wait to do it on the podcast. But the law of attraction is a massive part of my life. I didn't know that it was until it was. I, I do what I say I'm gonna do as a human being today. That's just the bottom line. I don't if I say something out loud outside of my own two ears, if I say something out loud. I will do it. I will fight to the death until it's done. That is is like what I I commit to as a human on the planet and a father and a husband and a business person. If I say it out loud, and that's why I'm very, very conscious of what passes through my lips, I am going to fucking do it. And what I meditate on in the sauna in the mornings, you know, for the most part is the plans of what I'm going to let pass through my lips. Um, they're both in, they work in conjunction with each other for this law of attraction component that I think people think is kind of like a funny, not so real thing. For me, it's a very real thing. It's incredibly real. It is, it's is, It's how I've created the life that I live today. I really do live, I, I, I've, you know, in 2027, Q4, potentially dipping into 2028, Q1, I will sell a percentage of, or the whole company of Creatures of Habit for $150 to $200 million, and I'll stay on as the CEO, or I'll stay on as the president, and I'll continue to do the thing that I love with this with, with this brand, which is bring awesome nutritional habits to humans. Uh, you know, across the globe eventually, hopefully at that time, but that's what I'm going to do. So that is done. In my, in my mind, that is done. That's not like a, Hey, I'm going to try that. That's like, that's done. Now is about just filling in the blanks along the way. That's how I live my life. That's how I stay happy. When, (laughs) you know, the bank account's scary. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I mean, like, I've already done the thing that I, that, that, you know, is, is, is here. Now I'm, I'm going to figure out the bank account. I'm going to figure out all the other pieces. Cause that's what I kind of love to do anyway. Like I'm walking through life, like, all right, where, where, who, where is it? You know, I got to find it. I'm looking, I'm going to find it, you know, no matter how I, how, how it goes down, it, it happens. And it always does. I've gotten through every single thing in my life to this very moment. I've gotten through everything and so have you and whoever's listening, by the way, you have too. you've gotten through everything in your life. No matter how hard it's been, you've gotten through it. Actually doesn't mean you didn't fail. Doesn't mean you didn't fall on your face. Doesn't mean you didn't make mistakes. Doesn't mean you didn't embarrass yourself. Doesn't mean you didn't have awesome wins, but you've gotten through everything in life today if you're still breathing. Right? So that's the way I see it. And, um, And so I, I, you know, I I launched my first business when I was 28 called the Meatball Shop in New York City, took off like crazy, Uh, wild success, opened up five of them, five more of them. We had six restaurants. I decided that I wanted to see if I had what it took to open up a second restaurant concept in 2015. So so I opened up Meatball Shop in 2010. Seymour's I opened up in 2015, a sustainable seafood restaurant. And the same thing happened. I I opened up a dope fish taco, you know, fish sandwich, simply grilled fish restaurant, and opened up five more of those. And in 2019, I sold a bunch of equity at Seymour's to create Creatures of Habit, which was initially going to be a wellness restaurant. I really wanted to open up a wellness restaurant. And then after opening up 14 restaurants over the course of my restaurant career, I decided that I didn't want to scale restaurants anymore. I wanted to get into another industry, which is the industry that I'm in now, which is consumer packaged goods. But I wanted to use the restaurant as an incubator for the CPG business. And this is in early 2020, this was the plan. And I had investors lined up and we were gonna open up a restaurant in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. I was about to sign a lease and then boom, we all know what happened, March of 2020. Uh, The whole entire plan essentially hit a wall. Um, And nobody, including myself, was going to invest capital into a brick and mortar business in uh, New York City at that time. So my wife and I and our two kids uh, in 2020 moved to our upstate house, which is where I am right now in the garage. Um, And I had to think about my career. I had to rethink my whole entire plan as 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 a provider, you know. Um, and, and as a fulfilled person, and it was terrifying for me at, at first because I really I didn't I, I never thought that there was going to be a moment where I wasn't going to be in the restaurant business because that was I was a restaurateur and I was good at, it, you know, um, and so I started doing these runs up here and I intentionally would run without music or podcasts, no headphones, and I just kind of went out with a pad and paper and um, in my you know in my uh my wallaco tights and sl- slipped little you know pad and paper in the in the in the awesome pockets in those tights i love those fucking pants and <laughs> i would go for a run and i would just sort of you know running inspires the crap out of me in so many ways you know i built meatball shop on runs i be- built seymour's on runs and and i said i'm going to build my next thing on, on on runs and um i also hired an executive coach you know, because this was like a big departure from the restaurant world. I didn't, I really didn't know. I knew that I wanted to be in CPG, but I didn't know I was going to use the restaurant to help us figure out what that line of product was going to be. I didn't have a vision of what the product was going to be. And so I went on these runs and eventually, um, you know, I just came up with the idea that, that the meal that I had been eating as my first meal of the day, every single day since I got sober in 2004 was what I should do because it's like the most authentic thing to me. I've been eating the same exact thing every day as my meal, as my meal one as my first meal. It always is satisfying, always delicious, feel, you know, super satiating and like massive symbol of success for me and i'll tell you why and you can tell me to shut up if i'm rambling too much but you know i figured i'd just give you the whole she- shebang <laughs> um, but when i got sober so i was i was i was really on i was in a very bad way i was addicted to heroin and and uh, i was an alcoholic and you know I, I drank and did whatever drugs were around but ultimately heroin was what, what was what it became for me and I overdosed in the summer of 2004. And I thought that that was going to be the end of it. I was like, okay, you have like, dude, you're going to die. This is what you've got. You, you, you've, been, you've been way off the deep end for years, but now you're like, you almost died. And you, 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 you got to figure this out. And I found myself that night, because that happened during the day. I found myself that night doing the exact same thing about four hours later. Like i swore to God that I would never do it again walking west on 13th street between Avenue A or B and C, walking west back to my apartment. And I said, you, you're never gonna do this again. And then four hours later, I was doing heroin again. And so I'd made a decision that night to die. I was like, okay, this is it. You got no control here. You don't know what to do, you're, you can't stop. And so you might as well just just push as hard as you can until it actually kills you because you don't want to like live this long, miserable death. Anyway, I did that. I spent two weeks um, pushing really hard, not sleeping, staying up for days on end, doing heroin, doing cocaine, smoking crack, drinking booze, doing heroin, smoking crack, you know, like crazy. And then finally I ended up in my apartment on a Monday morning at 10 o'clock. I had work because I was working as a bartender at that time. And I wanted to kill myself basically. I thought I was gonna do it and then I blacked out and I passed out and I woke up 16 hours later and that was the last time I ever drank and did drugs. I don't know what happened, I don't know why. I know that um, God had something to do with it, (laughs) you know. There was a moment of grace for me there. And I reached out to a friend who I knew was sober and who had a sober boyfriend. Sober boyfriend came and met me, really cool dude, covered in tattoos, Muay Thai kickboxing guy. I hadn't met him before. But uh, when I met him, I said, "This is the kind." I mean, shit, like, you know, I didn't know that sober guys were kind of cool. But um, you know, and I was twenty-three, so this guy was able to easily influence me and and say, "Hey, like, you're gonna be okay." And he introduced me to fitness and nutrition, man. And he told me to go to a, a meeting, a sober meeting, and I went to a sober meeting. And then he said, "Meet me at this place," and I, I met him at that place after that sober meeting. And that place was a Muay Thai kickboxing academy, and he was there with another guy named Gavin. And they were both like 10 years older than me. And they said, here's the deal, dude. You're 23, you're, you're good looking. Like you're, you're, you're gonna die. Like you got a lot to offer. You really do, but you're gonna die. If you keep doing what you're doing, I promise you, you're gonna be dead within the year. No doubt. Like the writing's on the wall, you're gonna Thank die. You. Um, but if you take our suggestions, not only will you be alive within the, you know, within the year, but you'll be thriving and i didn't believe them i didn't know what to do i didn't like i was just kind of desperate and they basically wrote out a full plan for me and they said here's the plan that we want you to do we want you to wake up as early as you can in the morning and we want you to pray first thing and we don't give a shit if you believe in god or not it's not about god or, or jesus or the quran or whatever it's you need to ask for help and you don't know how to so we're going to ask you to hit your knees every single morning first thing and ask God, ask the universe, ask whatever you want it to be for help, to help you stay sober and get through the day. You're gonna do that, and then you're gonna go into the bathroom, you're gonna take a piss, you're gonna wash your face, you're gonna put on your contacts, you're gonna brush your teeth, probably you haven't done that in a long time, and I was like, you're right, I don't, I sleep with my contacts for weeks at a time, I rarely brush my teeth um, unless I remember it, and so they were like, you gotta start doing that, and then they were like, we want you to put on a pair of running sneakers and we want you to go for a run, That run could be one block. That run could be one mile. It could be 10 miles. But we want you to move your body first thing in the morning. And as soon as you get back from that run, we want you to make a big, huge bowl of oatmeal and you can add whatever you want to it. And that's going to be what you start your day with um, oatmeal and a cup of coffee. And then you're going to go to a sober meeting. You're going to connect with sober people. And then you're going to meet us at the gym. And we're going to kick your fucking ass. And we're going to teach you how to be a man. And we're going to teach you how to get back up. And we're going to actually beat you up. And we're going to teach about honesty and dignity and integrity and discipline. And you're going to love it. And we're going to help you come back to life. And then you're going to have chicken and broccoli for lunch. And then you're going to take a nap. You're going to go to work. You're going to have chicken and broccoli for dinner. And you're going to go to bed as early as you can. You're going to get on your knees right before bed. And you're going to thank God for keeping you sober. And then you're going to wake up and you're going to do the exact same thing. And that's what your life is going to be. And we're going to help you do it. And if you can do that, I promise you everything, everything will be good. And I'm here to tell you that um, they were right. (laughs) Uh, My life is awesome. And I do a lot of those exact same things that those guys taught me from the day one, today, pretty much all of it. Um, And so that's where meal one came from, because there was a time in my life where I was really desperate for help, and I really had no direction. And these guys, Um, taught me that I needed to put something positive into my body as a win because all the shit that I was putting into my body was a loss was a was a was was what losers do on a daily basis drink and booze and they they needed me to they needed me to feel like I was ingesting something that was positive for me that was a win and that oatmeal became such a way more than just like food for me it became this like this this symbol of success a symbol of of a personal win and that that ultimately grew into like my passion for for healthy nutrition and how can i how can i feed my body um things that are going to ultimately help me grow and be a better human being as opposed to what i was doing for years which was making me shrink and be a a less positive human being um, and a shell of a human being really Um, and so when I was thinking about what to do for creatures, of habit, because my life has been about habits, good and bad, the bad ones almost killed me. The good ones have made me the guy I'm standing in front of, you know, today, or you're standing, you're you're in front of today. Um, I said, I got to do the, I got to do my oatmeal, man. (laughs) It's what I've been doing. It's, 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 it's it's been, it was, it was a massive, you know, right? Yeah, man, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's been a huge part of my life. And, and so I said, if I can figure out a way to get all the stuff that I, that I use in this oatmeal, gluten and glyphosate, oats, 30 grams of protein, chia seeds, flax seeds, pumpkin seeds, pink Himalayan salt, D, vitamin D3, omega-3s, probiotic, digestive enzymes, that was my morning makeup. That was what I had. That's how I made every morning, except the supplements were supplements and all this, all the other stuff that I would add to my oatmeal. If I said, if I could figure out how to make this into a pouch, man, I got a business and I can tell my story and I can probably help some people that are struggling with things that I've struggled with. And I spent a year working on it and here we are, man, you know, two years in, yeah. uh, Creatures of habit is, is, um, everything I, you know, hope for and more. And I believe that we're making a, uh, an impact on, on, on a lot of people. I think people really love what we're doing. And, um, and, and, and it's not just a CPG company, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's a it's a company that's saying, "Hey, like, change is possible." You never know where it's gonna come from. It could potentially be a bowl of fucking oatmeal, because <laughs> it was for me, you know. Yeah. And you never know, man. Nerd. I, Michael, thanks for sharing your story, man.
0: I appreciate that. I it's uh I could tell you've said it a lot, and it still doesn't maybe feel good to relive every moment of it um but I really appreciate that and I think uh I think people that hear it whether they're in the same situation or you know whether they're in a rut you know it doesn't it doesn't always have to be the exact same thing it doesn't have to be addicted to drugs or something if you're in a rut it's like I just I just admire you for like looking at those habits as like, you know, it's like, how is like eating broccoli going to help me like get off drugs, like create this new life for myself. And like, you just realized you're training yourself. Like you're training your new habits. It's eating oatmeal, exercising. These are acts of self-love. It's not the thing. It's the act of self-love and you are your biggest asset in this world. And if you could continue to pour into yourself, you'll create abundance. Right. And I think so many people, everyone says so many people want the quick fix. I don't think it's that they want the quick fix. They want the direct fix. They want like for every bite of broccoli I eat, I get a hundred dollars. Right. It's like, they want to be able to like tie everything together. And it's like, that's just not how things, that's just not how things, you know, work. It's just about practice.
1: Well, the way I kind of see it, right. Is that like you create this system, you right. You create a foundation and a structure. You know, I kind of correlate it to like um, like building, right? Like if you build a, a, a structure on dirt, when it rains, that dirt is going to turn to mud. And soon enough, that structure is going to slide, man. And then over time, it's going to fall or it's going to sink. You know what I'm saying? So like I kind of see... If I pour the concrete every day, right? Like every day I get an opportunity, man. Like I get an opportunity to wake up. I get an opportunity to smile. I get an opportunity to hug and love my boys. I get an opportunity to pray and meditate and move my body and put good things into my body. Like if if those things, I didn't say anything about work. All like personal, I build a structure of personal care and love, right? That is the structure. What happens outside of that? isn't going to shake me. It'll, I mean, I'm a, I'm a human. I'm going to have emotions. I mean, I'm going to be scared. I'm going to be you know, nervous and I'm going to be fired up and I'm going to fail. And, but like that personal foundation is what confidence is built upon. Period. Done. I, you know, like it's, it's sad when most people, when things start to get really scary and not go their way, they close up right? Like they don't want to go out. They don't want to connect with humans. They want to be alone and quiet and, and cry and be sad. And, and in my mind, I'm like, no, no. Like when things get bad, like you've got this personal love care foundation that is not going to make you want to close off. Things get bad. You're going to want to reach out and say, Hey, help. Like I'm, I need help. I'm going through a hard time. I want to get out. I want to connect. I need, I want to reach out to as many people as I can to like help me be better in this hard time you know yeah. and i honestly think that you gain the confidence to be able to do that by taking care of yourself like on a daily basis consistently yeah. you know Dude, i
0: like that i like that you said gain the confidence to be able to do that because yeah you know, i'm thinking about like our experience in running man you know it's like it doesn't like i I hate to say it this way but it is natural like you know dudes don't want to naturally like show emotion or show like like you know weakness or things like that it's like asking for help or you know showing emotions like that that's us actually strength you know what i mean it's like it's like because we all have emotions we all have weaknesses so it's showing the truth right that takes strength and as you said like confidence um and I just, yeah, you know, like I'm even thinking about, I'm reading, I'm reading two books right now by the same author, Ryan Holiday. One's called The Obstacle is the Way. And the other one, one is called, dude, it's so good. Um, and then um, you probably know, uh, what is it? Ego is the Enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's so funny. Like, I, no matter how much you practice going towards the obstacle, like you naturally don't want to like, that is where habits come in. It's like every single day you do what's good for you. And what where, where I think people like slip up is when they start to overthink it. Like, why am I doing this? It's like, you no, know, like set your goals beforehand, then just do them, right? My, my best example of that, something that I think is, I would say my best habit is 4.15, I wake up every morning. There's just no debate about that. Couple, couple things that that does. one. Dude, when it's seven thirty and I know my alarm's going off in nine hours and forty-five minutes, I start to wind down. You know, and my buddy Artie, tonight. He's like, "Do you want to go out to dinner?" The, the truth is, I don't want to go out to dinner. I like to eat a strict habit, so I don't know where we're gonna go. I know he's gonna want to talk, like, and it's gonna be like late. I'm happy to have him come here for an early dinner. Like, I'm happy to buy food and cook, but like, you know what I mean? No, I don't want to go out to dinner, and stay out late on a Monday night disrupt my week. You know, I got big plans I need to like stay locked in for. So it starts to make you prioritize different things in your life. But the my only rule is I don't snooze and I wake up when the alarm goes off. That's my only rule. And what happens is a lot of people I think don't have a plan. So if you just say like, I'm going to set up like a 415 alarm, but if I snooze or whatever, it's okay. It's like, if you leave yourself to make a decision in the moment, you're going to make an emotional decision, which is not going to be like at four 15, when I hear that alarm, if I have the choice to snooze, I will snooze every single time. It's like, you know, it's like, imagine, I don't know. Imagine like, if you, like you, you run every morning or lift, you run first.
1: I I lift. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing much
0: running these days. Oh yeah. You're with your back. So it's like, like, and you plan your workouts out. It, it would be like, if right before you worked out, like you had the choice to work out or not. It's like, no, that needs to be planned at, you know, beforehand, like, cause of course, like, you know, who's gonna want to, I don't know, working out fucking hard, you know, it's exhausting. And I always try to like, I always try to just make sure that I'm not making decisions and I'm just following a plan, which, you know, takes a little like preparation. And I don't mean like a specific like workout plan, but just like, I'm gonna wake up and work out, you know, whatever that, that looks like.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I, I have a very, very strict, um, morning routine that is my ideal morning routine. I mean, unfortunately slash fortunately right now, we just got this amazing little puppy and I was the one who really wanted the puppy. And so my wife said, you really want the puppy. I'm down. We'll get the puppy, but you're going to be, the puppy's dad, especially in the morning. And I was like, okay. And so what does that mean? That means that I can't go downstairs at five o'clock and, you know, sit in the sauna and do my red light therapy and stretch and do my cold plunge and meditate and do all the things that I have been doing for years. Um, I can't do those right now. I'm not I'm not able to because I got this like beautiful little dog that I'm giving my energy to from five o'clock in the morning until 6.30 when everybody else gets up. And so it's been interesting for me to depart from this like pretty regimented like morning routine. However, I will say that I think it's actually really healthy for me as well um, to be able to like take a break from this structure and be able to see that like it's okay that I can take time away from it and find other times throughout the day to fit in a sauna or to fit in a cold plunge um, to fit in my meditation um, or my red light, you know, and not every day do I get to, um, but you know, I've got my non-negotiables, which is you know my my prayers, my push-ups, my stretches every morning, no matter what. I'll do that shit with my puppy, like on my fucking back, you know, because he is on my back most of the time that I'm doing that shit. Um, but you know, like morning routine, man, it's like one of those things where people like will poo poo you, you know, Oh, God, you're one of these regimented morning routine people. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. For me, I would rather do nothing else. I would rather be in bed at nine o'clock at night, cozied up next to my wife, she might be watching something on the computer. I typically will not like we'll watch either we'll watch something on Netflix from like eight, once the kids are down till nine. And then I like to go upstairs and like get into bed and put on my eye mask and, you know, listen to a podcast or something while I pass out and about 30 seconds flat. Um, you know, that's my life. That's what I love to do. That's what makes me feel good. And then every once in a while on the weekends or whatever, like we'll go out and have a blast and go hang out with friends or whatever. But like most of the time, no, I want to, I want to get, I want to try to get at least seven to seven and a half hours of sleep. Rarely do I get eight and then I like to like be present. Yeah. in my life and the best time it sounds like life. you found a
0: love for the journey you know, Man, what I mean? I, like,
1: you know look i think happiness in my opinion is not only how we feel but what is our current perception of the life we're living right it had, for me, it doesn't have to do with, you know, like a great example of this. And I, you know, like it wasn't always this way for me, right? When I was young and I, and I, and I had some success, my early success, like I opened up my fifth restaurant and I didn't pay myself a lot of money until like, not a lot of money, but I, I didn't pay myself a good salary until we had opened up three or four restaurants. I, was, I think I paid myself 60 grand a year, literally. And at that time, my wife was making a lot more money than I was. And then I started actually paying myself like a decent salary. And then when we opened up our fifth restaurant, both Dan and I were able to give ourselves like a nice fat bonus because we had crushed it. And I went out and I bought, <laughs> I bought a gold Rolex. I bought a gold Rolex on the fifth restaurant. And you know, it's funny. I haven't worn that gold Rolex in 10 years, man. <laughs> I haven't. You no, know? I, I just haven't. And and not to say that like I'm I I don't like it or but like that doesn't make me happy. I've learned that about myself. Fancy car, I got one. I never drive it ever, ever. I just don't. Doesn't make me happy. Not something that's gonna like change my day. Um, how I feel about myself is typically what will dictate my level of happiness. And so really what I've learned is that if I take care of myself first, which is this early morning time where I'm really self-indulgent, I really focus on myself between prayer and meditation, red light, sauna, cold, stretching, movement. Um, then I go out at 6.15 in the morning and I fucking see my wife and my kids. They're just getting up and I am so present for them. I am like all in on them from 6:15 to like eight o'clock 8 30 until i drop the kids off and then like if i could do those two things really make sure that my cup is full early early before they get up so i'm not sacrificing time with them and then boom i am just there and with them and 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 like loving them everything else in life is golden man it could it, i could be you know like and and people could say, oh, you've had success. And, and and yeah, by the way, like I have. The truth is, right now I've started from scratch again with, with 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 creatures of habit. I have started from scratch. I am not paying myself a lot of money. The company doesn't have a shit ton of money in the bank, but we're just able to do a bunch of shit. You know, there is still absolute like massive growth that we need to overcome in order for me to be like, we're we're gonna make it, you know? But my general happiness in life is like, like, hi, dude, hi. Because <laughs> I know that those things that are out of my control, it would be unfair for me to allow those things that are out of my true control to dictate whether I am a happy human or not. Yeah. The things in which I can control, it's unfair of me to say, that I shouldn't 100% allow those things to dictate my fucking happiness. We all have the opportunity to paint a picture of what our happiness is from the second we wake up in the morning. We all have that. Are you going to smile or are you going to allow the anxiety to overwhelm you and destroy your day by hitting snooze, by rolling over, by not getting up with intention, by not being kind to others and being self-centered in fear? Like you can control those things. How you respond, my experience, how I shouldn't say you, how I respond to what happens in life is who I am dude. You know what I'm saying? What is my response to what life is throwing at me? Am yeah, I going to allow it to sink? Am I going to allow the the things that are out here to penetrate what's here in, in in such a powerful way that it affects how I feel? And then ultimately, whether or not I'm happy? That's, that's, that's something I've got to hold myself accountable to, you know, and it's not easy, man. It's not. But at the end of the day, if you really peel back the onion, you do have control over that. We have control over that. We do.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you one of the, uh, the little chapters of this, this book. I, I gotta always say it. I'm like you, I try, I, I have integrity. When I say it, it's gonna happen. I'm writing a book. I don't have the date yet. And I'm I'm okay with that because I don't think I've learned enough as a human being to put the whole book together. But one of them is, I'm calling it the gap. And it's the gap between impulse and reaction and how we can make that gap bigger. And that's kind of like what I hear you trying to focus on. And dude, like that's the thing is, you know, to bring it back to your story, when you're walking down the street saying, I'm not going to do this again, then you find yourself doing it again. You were so at that point, not a mindful person that when the impulse came to do it, you just reacted and had no gap. Right. And that is where I think the beauty of building these habits are, is like, you're building your gap. You know what I mean? You're you know,
1: mid- it's so funny you say gap. So the way I think, of so I have, I'm a visual person. Um, And your, what what your gap for me is opening the window. And so for me, if something happens that I don't like, that is making me feel a way that I'm not, that if I was to react on the way I felt would come out wrong and probably get me into trouble. And so when I feel that sometimes, and especially as a now leader of, of my company and the companies that I founded for it prior to creatures. I've literally been in meetings where I've had to close my eyes and take a deep breath in and envision a big window, big, big window. It's like a, and I can see it now because it's the same window every time. And it kind of has like this little latch on the bot, like on the bottom, like from like my elementary school, these big, huge windows that my elementary school used to have big panes, big tall windows and I will literally throw my finger in the, in, in, the, in the latch and lift it up and then I will push the window up this way and I'm envisioning myself doing this. And then I stand back and I kinda like let the breeze hit me and that is my gap. That's saying, dude, open the fucking window, man. Let some air in and just understand that like you do not need to say or do anything. You are, if, the best thing that you can do right this very moment Is listen listen be mindful be self-aware let the breeze hit you don't say a word it's gotten me out of so much shit. it's gotten me because when i was younger and i'll and i'll finish with this thought i was i was younger this is early day career i was probably a year and a half into meatball shop we were crushing it i mean we were all over the press we were in we were cooking meatballs on Jay Leno and, you know, today's show, Good Morning America, it was fucking insane. I thought my shit did not stink. And I'm sitting in a board meeting with an investor of ours who's a really prominent restaurateur globally. And, you know, we're having this meeting and we're, you know, I'm like, you know, talking my shit. And he takes me aside at the end of the meeting and he goes, hey, can I take you out for a quick cup of coffee? And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh man, he's going to tell me how awesome I am. I'm like, of course, you can. I can't wait. You know, I'm trying to impress this guy. And he sits down with me and he goes, Can I can I be candid with you? And I was like, Yeah, of course. He goes, you got to do me a favor. In the next board meeting, shut your fucking mouth and don't say a word. Don't say a fucking word. And I was like, (laughs) I'm like, uh, and he's like, Yeah, every time you talk, it's a waste of everybody else's time. And you put your foot in your mouth. So I'm trying to teach you a lesson here. That's why I'm aggressive with you. Shut your mouth in these meetings. Do not open your mouth. You're getting yourself into trouble. Every time. Everything that you just said in that meeting did not need to be said. And I was like, oh my God. And I like literally wanted to curl into a wall and cry. And it was arguably some of the best advice I'd ever been given. Because it made me think about every time now in in a group meeting or a setting, like, do I need to say this? Or is this something that just doesn't need to be said, right? Not that like I'm going to be a doormat or if I feel like I'm something super important. But when I really started to look at it, I would say, geez, like, is this something that I offline with somebody or just not say at all? And I just, I I grew so much because what that ultimately did for me was make me become a far more present leader because all I was doing at that point was listening. I was just listening to what everybody had to say. I wasn't thinking about what I was going to say, I was like, and so that literally changed my whole entire like vision of being a leader of not only a company, but like at a certain point, I was like, kind of like a leader in the New York city restaurant industry. And, you know, and I knew that like, I had a lot of employees and I became so much better at listening to what they had to say. Cause that is ultimately you know, everybody's like gripe with their boss is like, they, they, they don't even give a shit what I have to say. They don't even hear me. You know, like I say shit, and it goes into one ear, not the other. I was the opposite, man. I got, I'm like a therapist. Like I'd sit in my office and people would just like come in and out and I just listen to them. You know? Um, and so I just think that like, I, 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 I love what you said about the, the mindfulness component, um, and the awareness component of just like beings in general, right? Like that is a that t- that doesn't just happen. It's hard. It, it sometimes you have to really fall on your face or get told to shut the fuck up by like somebody that's like big time, you know? Um, because that's what he did for me, uh, and it, and I and I owe him a lot. You know, we're still great friends, and he's still my partner in a couple of businesses. Um, but you know, he taught me something that day that like I just didn't think I needed to hear, and I did, and it was amazing, and, and it and it and it put a lot of things into perspective for me. You know, I, I think it's given me an opportunity to be a vulnerable, way more vulnerable, you know, way more vulnerable. Like if that hadn't happened, maybe I wouldn't have been able to get to a place where I got to in, in running man. Yeah. Oh yeah. So
0: thanks for sharing, man. I really appreciate it. I look at, I look at these opportunities, people, you know, like it's like your life's work in a, in a podcast you know you're just trying to share the the best moments you have and it really is like selfless right there's no nothing you're gaining from it besides getting to relive it and and clarify these thoughts and crystallize them i couldn't agree more and i'm just gonna take uh take your advice there which you said instead of adding my flavor to it i'm gonna let everyone end on michael's michael's touch right there because i appreciate that dude I know we tried to do this one in person, but I'm so glad that we did it when the timing was right. Um, And it just, it felt good. And I can't can't wait for this one to come out because I'm definitely going to re-listen to it. Thanks so much for having me, brother. Hell yeah. See you, Mike. Hey, thank you for watching today's episode. If you got something out of this, it would mean so much if you could just take a second and give us a rating on whatever platform you're watching it on. And it would mean so much to the world if you could just find one person that you think this message resonates with and you could share that with them. Thank you so much for your support. Looking forward to share the next episode with you.